Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms. I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime today, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jared. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. You, you sound a little bit unenthusiastic. Let's try it again. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. That's so much better. I mean, I don't know. Like, give me, give me a little enthusiasm here. I don't. Ah, come on, give me something it's to work the with. Week of the season, we're not playing for anything. It's it's tough to be excited about this. It's we're looking towards the off season. I get it. I get it. And guys, if uh, you weren't here last night or you didn't listen to our last podcast, go listen to it. Pretty good. We talk about the frustrations of of the Angels and and everything that's gone on and. Kind of go over, you know, what off season's going to look like for us here at Talking Halos. I'll tell you now, we're going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday during the off season unless something happens. I'm going to have on a lot of guests. I've already started writing down a list of people that I'm going to hopefully try to get on, and you know, players, reporters, everybody. And it should be a fun off season. I really hope so. It's going to be an interesting off season with everything going on. But Nate, I have a question here for you. And a couple days ago, it was the anniversary of Mike Trout's amazing wall-scaling catch at home against Jesus Montero. You you know that one, right? Yes, of course. Okay, fantastic. But what is the best catch of all time? I give you a second or two to think about it. I, I let's go with let's go with regular season catches because there have been a lot of. We'll do regular season and postseason catches. If that makes sense, and then I guess we could also do like just a separate angels category here on this question. So think about a regular season, think about a postseason catch, and then think about an angels catch. So top of your head, do you have a regular season catch that you can think of? Uh, I mean the Willie Mays catch. Willie Mays catch right? came in the post. Was... Willie Mays catch uh, came in the postseason. That's right. I believe it did. I, I give you one. Jim Edmonds in Kansas City. Oh, that's a, that was a good one. I, I like the the trout one in Baltimore. That was all, that was a good one as well. That's fantastic catch. How about how about who was I just thinking of? Uh, Gary Matthews Jr. Oh, that's, scaring the scaring the wall backwards in Texas. That was yes, a good one. Too. That's a fantastic catch as well. I, I don't know. I, I I'm. I'll, I'll give you one more that doesn't qualify for anything. But uh, Torrey Hunter robbing Barry Bonds in the All Star game. That's fair. I, I I give you a regular season catch on that one. I, that's that's an iconic catch, though, right? Like, I mean, you could put that as like the logo of the baseball, and everybody would understand. Like, right? Yeah, it was. That was awesome. Yeah. So, what do we got for postseason? I have a I have a couple like that I can think of off the top of my head. We already said Willie Mays. I think that's a probably the most iconic catch of all time. I don't know if it's necessarily the best catch of all time. I mean. I for iconic sure. for sure like again it's something else that you can put as the logo of of the you know on the baseball and be like okay i know what that is like that is the catch that that's like that that is without a doubt the most iconic catch how about indy chavez for i think it was the mets mm. right do you remember that okay. one yeah i i, yeah. I remember yeah. that that's that's a pretty good catch oh let's go back to regular season again can i can i throw out like david wright as well Oh, over the over, over the, the shoulder, shoulder, yes. Kevin Kevin Mitchell as well, the barehanders. Mm-hmm. Those are some solid ones. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any postseason that you like? The postseason ones. I mean, there there were there have been some really really cool catches. I, going back to the regular season, I think Jeter's was in the regular season where he went into the stands. Yes. Um, 
That was that was a really cool one. Another iconic, like some of the really great catches are also iconic catches. So it's really hard to be like, oh well, it's a great catch, but it's not iconic. And uh, there have been there have been so many. And just Angels history, you just want to go back to the Erstad Game Seven, even though it wasn't that great of a catch. It was iconic. probably the most important catch in franchise history. Hundred percent. I mean, actually, when you think about it, with all like we talk about the Angels being cursed and such. The Angels have some of the best catches of all time when you think about it. Like Trout has made two or three fantastic catches. The one that we talked about him scaling the wall against Montero, the Baltimore one, he's robbed multiple like I'm thinking when he played left field, the one I think his rookie year when he dove onto the dirt was a fantastic catch. JB Shuck had one that I was at that he jumped into the stands. Um Michael Morin, I think, had one as well. I don't know if you remember that. Some um, Mike Napoli maybe or a catcher missed it. It might have been Hank Conger missed it, and you, all you see is Mike Napoli or Kevin Jepsen or somebody jumping in. Um, yes. You, you, I, I can't think of who it was. I think it's Mike Morin, though. But, yeah, just like the Angels really do have some iconic catches. And, you know, Torrey Hunter, all of his catches, even Brandon Marsh is going to have some fantastic catches down the road. I mean, he's already shown off kind of what he can do, and, and I'm really excited, but... Yeah, like, again, David Eckstein, another, like, iconic catch to send the Angels to the World Series. I yeah. think it was Eckstein. Um, and then going, going back to uh, other other postseason catches, Ben Attendee had one a couple of years back that uh, robbed the Astros of, of winning a game, I believe. It was yes. the last out of the game. When the winning, um, probably winning again, the World Series, going to the World Series, I think, right? Because um, I think, the I, I think Sox... that might have sent them to the World Series, yeah, or yeah. won them Game Five, which got them to Game Six, which won, which got them the the series. So, yeah, he had a very important catch too. So, there, there's so many catches you can go through. Uh, ranking these would be impossible. I don't know who would do that. It's it's always fun to think about it though. Like I, I don't know if we'll ever, like you said, ranking it's so hard. I, I I wouldn't even want to do it because you're disappointing so many people. Like in my opinion, the Willie Mays catch is a Good, good catch. I don't think it's a great catch. I, I that's just my opinion on it. You know, like I, I would hate to disappoint people when it's all said and done. Like I know that I shouldn't care what people think, but that's one of those things where I don't know. Like every catch is so different. Like the Jim Edmonds catch is just stupid, unbelievable. Like I think it's the best catch of all time when he, when it comes down to it. Like what he had to do, where he had to run, how far he had to run diving like just sticking your glove out out of nowhere like in Kansas City oh, it, it, I think that's the most iconic catch like the best catch of all time it, it really is in my opinion and I'm sure we're missing like oh Jim Edmonds had one with the Cardinals that's pretty unbelievable yes. I don't know man like is there the one ma- the only reason the Mays one is, is so crazy like the reason why I would say it's number one is because center field there at can at um, what's it called um Polo Grounds was like 500 feet. Yeah, I would say like it was 490. Like, yeah, it's it's like you have to hit from second base to hit the ball out dead center. Yeah. And that's a lot of ground to cover to go over the shoulder catch in, in a big moment game. Um, yeah, that was that was unbelievable. 100%. Yeah, so guys, if you have any qu- catches that we missed, you know, shoot us a message. Shoot myself a message on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. Just let us know what we missed. I know we missed one for the Angels. I can't think of who was playing. It was in left field, and the two collide. I think it was Brian Downing and somebody else collide out like at the wall. Brian Downing and Don Baylor, maybe. I honestly I couldn't I couldn't tell you who it was. 
but I feel like it was was Brian Downing or maybe it, I think it was Brian Downing. But that's definitely one that I feel like Bo we're gonna Jackson miss. Bo Jackson had a couple we probably missed. Bo Bo Jackson, yeah. There's there are so many. It's it's crazy to think that like you know what I miss like just kind of thinking about this the best damn sports show period. I think they used to do a top fifty like best best of anything in sports, and they did a they did a, a baseball catches once, and I think I'm sure MLB Network has done it, and they they need to always update it, and I feel like it starts getting biased with MLB Network, but. Yes, but the best damn sports show period, like they had some really, really good like lists they did. I think I don't know if you remember that. I know we were pretty young for those, but no, I do. Re- I do remember it. Um, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Jim something was the was the host. Yeah, I think he had Jim Rome and Chris Rose. Yeah, Jim Rome. yeah. it was Jim Rome with the guy. Yeah, Chris Rose was on it though. MLB Network. If you want to throw that one out there, or X MLB Network, he'd, with all that stuff happened, but. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, I I I don't know. Just you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. Interesting question to kind of start it off with. I know the Angels are are playing right now as we're recording this, but again, if you're just tuning in, if you're a first time listener to this podcast, I know you don't want to listen to Angels Angels talk and and all that. But we'll get into a little bit more Angels stuff here. I I do have kind of an interesting question for you, um, but first, guys, I just want to thank everybody so much for listening to this podcast and. And giving us the ideas. If if you guys wanted to jump on with us at any point, you can shoot me a message at Jared underscore Tim's. I'm already, you know, getting some names written out of people that'll be joining us. I know our pal Jacob Cisneros wanted to already, you know, hop on with us, and you know, I, I got the list going. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna. I, I got this off season planned out. It's gonna be a fun one. You know, it, it might be a little bit of a long one, but it, it'll be a fun off-season here at Talking Halos. And, and guys, just give us one minute to pay the bills. Hey, everyone. Before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right. I know that kind of came late. It was a late ad today, but you know we'll make it work. We'll make it work. So, Nate, as I was saying, I have a interesting kind of question for you. That was kind of brought up when I was talking with somebody the other day, and I think the Angels have brought up or we've seen 15, 16, 20 debuts this year, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably. I think in the situation the Angels are in where they are 17 games out of first place with you know this game in the middle of action... I think it's a good thing. This is something that I know you and I have both been really, really asking for 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 a lot of a lot of years now. Where it's like, hey, can we see what we have? And 
you know, this is exactly what we've been asking for. We got it, and we're getting to see if some of these guys are ready to go. And I, I don't know if there are many that are ready, but it's good to see, like, hey, I got some big league action. I got a little bit of that taste in my mouth, and then I get sent down to AAA, and there's a little bit of, of hunger to get back there because I remember what it was like to have my bags carried in for me um, into the hotel. I remember what the food was like. I remember what the travel was like and all that. So I think it's very good to, to give these guys a chance. And um, Not to say it's meaningless baseball right now, but, I mean, it's kind of meaningless baseball. Yeah, no, 100%. Definitely meaningless per se. Not for the guys that are out there because these guys are trying to make big league teams, trying to stay on 40-mans. We're going to probably see a lot of trades this offseason going to different teams. And I don't know. You, you kind of get the question, though. Like, it's it's a, I think it's a good thing that the Angels are – they have this depth now. And there's kind of two ways to look at it, like, like I was saying. The depth is good, but the fact that we've seen this many, it, it's not a good thing. You kind of you kind of get where I'm at in the middle there. Like I, I kind of lean towards like I like seeing all these guys make their debut. I like you know reporting on them and you know telling them congratulations on their debuts and and everything in the in the promotions and it, it's a lot of fun to see and talk with the parents uh, of players and you know just congratulate them on all their hard work. But at the same time, it's I, I it's not a good thing, you know. Well, I mean, if we're if we're in first place right now, you probably don't have twenty plus guys making their big league debut, and that's that's the opposite side of the spectrum. Is you know, if the Angels are competitive, maybe you see three or four guys making their big league debut and not eighteen to twenty. So that that's the only downside to it is that you know they really haven't been competitive enough for uh, for this. And typically, if they're competitive, they're trading away a guy or two like this and getting. A established big leaguer so we're, we're seeing a different player but yeah it's I, I don't have a problem with it I think it's it's important for the Angels to find out what they have and I don't think we've been able to really assess what some of these guys look like in the big leagues and I, I've been saying this all, all along as we get into spring training and we're like oh we just we don't need a, a guy for the whole season we just need a stopgap and they come out of spring training and they are not ready for big league baseball. And then we are a position behind because we went and got a stopgap instead of a guy who can actually play and give us, you know, five, 600 ABs. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I originally had the thought in my head, like, this is fantastic to see all of these guys make their debuts and everything if that makes sense. But then the thought, you know, came full circle and it's like, well, I wish we didn't have to see all these guys make their debuts yet. I wish these guys would still be able to develop. And, and actually when you think about it, a lot of these guys were brought up like Jose Marte, is he MLB ready? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I really don't. I don't, First off, I don't know enough about him. Yes, the fastball's big and the slider's good. Same thing with like Elvis Peguero. Is Elvis Peguero big league ready? These guys probably. I would say that one's a no. Yeah, I mean, I I I would agree with you there, and and 
you know, you, you're seeing, we're seeing a lot of these guys make big strides. And I think actually the, the difference comes between position player and pitchers. I think when pitchers show that they have that swing and miss stuff, really at any level, it's it's time to promote them and, and continue to promote them. And we saw it with a guy, with guys like Davis Daniel and and Ryan Smith who are sitting in AAA right now. And those guys have had swing and miss stuff all year at every level. And you know why why waste those bullets per se? You know that does that make sense too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I I'm I'm just kind of stuck in the middle middle with this question, and and it's it's kind of an interesting interesting thought to have when it comes to any team. You know, if you're listening to this, whether you know Angels fan, Dodger fan, anything, it, it it's kind of interesting to think about these guys making their debuts and. Another one would be how many of the guys that have made their debut can would you be able to hide through waivers like if you were to DFA them this offseason? Because the Angels are going to have to make some big time decisions coming up because, yeah, because all, the, the forty man is going to be an issue. You know that. Yes. Um, but, but would you rather see them go out and just kind of pick apart the waiver market and you know get Jake Arrieta, get Vince Velasquez, and uh, you know all these these guys who clearly are, are kind of past their prime like Jake Jake Arietta you kind of saw it was past his prime would you have rather them would you have rather seen them go get those guys and just say hey I I know we have these young guys and but we'd rather see if uh, if we can get through the year without calling any of them up and just hope that um, some of these teams are interested in our young guys because uh, they've seen them pitch in the minor leagues or miraculously these guys are big league ready without pitching a single inning in the big leagues. I don't know. That's, that's tough for me. That is because I would like to, I know we, we talked about it last night, like Jack Mayfield and Phil Gosselin probably don't have a spot on this team. They have a spot in the organization, but they probably shouldn't be major leaguers. Phil Gosselin should be like a utility guy. Trench. Yeah, fringe guy. Jack Mayfield, fringe, probably more a AAA guy, correct? I mean... He uh, should be a AAA guy. But Jay- no disrespect to him. He, he's put together a, a really good year, and to see him uh, fight and be on the roster this long has been awesome. But like, if you're realistic with yourself and you say, this is who needs... If, if he's on the team, if he's on the 26-man roster, is this team good enough to win a World Series? I would say probably not. That's fair, you know. Like it's. Uh, how about this? Or Luis Renifo, Taylor Ward, or Phil Gosselin? Who would you rather yeah. have? You know, like, like that's the question. Like, and and if we're struggling to figure out between those three, who you'd rather have? Like, I think it's pretty easy for me. I think Taylor Ward, Luis Renifo, and Phil Gosling in that order. I think you can yeah, flip flop. Taylor Ward's got to be one or two on that list just because he can play everywhere. And I think every team needs one guy like that just in case because especially with a team who's letting their their pitcher hit on, on one day a week, like you need a guy who can play seven, eight different positions and really allow whoever the manager is some extra freedom to be like, hey, yeah, Otani threw today. He went seven innings. 
uh, we got to pinch hit for him here, but we also have to make a double switch. And it's like, well, we have Taylor Ward who can play any position, so that'll help. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it with the Taylor Ward thing. I, I hope that they don't, you know, do anything with him. I think that, you know, one of the next conversations we need to have in the upcoming days is looking at the 40 man and trying to get it to 40 men because I don't know how many players are on it, but I'm just kind of looking at it right now. And, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they do this off season, because at the end of the season, after game 162 on Sunday, I think you have to activate everybody. If I'm not mistaken, if not, it's Monday. I think I think they have till the day after the World Series. Is that what it is? I thought it was. I thought it was. Yeah, maybe. I think you. Yeah, I think you only have a couple days after the World Series to do that, and then. Um, so yeah, they, they'll have a little bit of time to figure that out. But you're you're technically not going to get it to forty. You're really going to get it to about thirty six, because of all the holes the Angels are going to have. You know, they're going to have some bullpen needs. They're going to have some starting pitching needs. And you're going to have to put some of these guys on the 40-man. Like, if they go out and sign, you know, a Max Scherzer who, you know, in my eyes, I feel like he'll he'll end up in red, just a different kind of red. Um, and you would have to add him to the 40-man. So you're really having to get this down to about 36. So there are 47 players on the Angels' 40-man roster right now. Again, I think that would make seven guys on the sixty on the sixty day DL that have to be activated, and then you have guys that you know are not going to be on the team any longer that their free agent contracts come up. So I guess it might not be as interesting as we think, but I think there are going to be some guys that you know get non tendered and guys that get cut that we're like, why, you know, like or get DFA that. You know, just don't make a lot of sense, and I think it happens every year, with especially with bullpen guys. You know, and and this kind of goes back to there's always a bullpen to be made out there in every free agent market. I think, and you know, I think that's going to kind of be where it's at. But let's let's save this conversation for for another day because I think we can really kind of go into good detail and good depth about this. So, Nate, I know you wanted to talk about some playoffs. I know the Angels aren't going to be in it. But you did have, I don't know if we had opinions, but we did have some questions about other playoff races. So, Nate, I don't know if you kind of want to break it down a little bit. You watch a little bit more baseball in general than I do. You know, I stick to the minor leagues. I stick to the minor leagues in general. And <laughs> So, Nate, go ahead and kind of break it down for us. Yeah, there's uh, some fun races to, to kind of handle during this last week of the regular season. I know John Boy put something out the other day about if you love chaos, this is what you're rooting for. I think it was a five-way tie in the American League wildcard, which is would be unbelievable if that, that were to happen. But um, you're looking at an AL wildcard that is not done yet. You have New York, you have Boston, Toronto, Seattle, and Oakland, all still possible playoff teams. Um, the winner of the Oakland game tonight could be huge because – I think the winner of that could move into a half game, move back a half game. If Seattle wins, they move back a half. And if Oakland wins, they move two and a half back of Boston. So you're looking at New York, Boston, Toronto, Seattle, Oakland, five different teams with a shot to make the playoffs. Two of them will get in, three will not. And then the Cardinals just clinched tonight. So you're looking at 
one race in the National League to decide, and that's the National League East. Atlanta and Philadelphia are playing each other this week. In a best of three, Atlanta won game one, so they're up three and a half with six and a half to play. The reason why I say half is because if it's one, if the Phillies are back a game and a half or more, the Braves do not have to play the Rockies on Monday. If it is a half game, or yeah, if it's a half game either way, the Rockies will have to travel to Atlanta, which might be the most miserable trip of all time if you are the Rockies. At, that, at what point do you just say, eh, I don't want to play this game? Like, I know that's total like Bush League. Like, you can't do that. I can't do that because like Philadelphia wants you to win that game, especially no matter what. Like, if Philadelphia is back a half game, Colorado has a shot to win that game to really get Philadelphia into game one sixty three. Like, that's gonna be a that's gonna be something that could rise up. Um, or if the Phillies are up a half game, the Rockies might you might be rooting the Rockies in there because then you don't have to throw Aaron Nola in game 163 because uh, I believe right now Zach Wheeler, the potential Cy Young winner, is supposed to start on Sunday. So there's a chance that you don't have to throw Nola and you could throw Nola or Zach Wheeler in game one of the playoffs, which will probably be on Thursday. So you're looking at three days rest for him. So a lot of interesting storylines that could, could happen here. I just wonder if you were if you're rooting for two teams to get in the American League wild card, and it looks like the Yankees have the inside edge there. I think they're up about two games on everybody else um, with five to go. Who who are you rooting for to get into the wild card? And and if you're rooting for that Phillies Braves series, is there a team that you would like to see in, or you couldn't care less? When it comes to the AL, I don't. I'm trying to think of who the Yankees would. I mean, like, I don't think. I think at this point they can't really get their rotation to be perfect. If that makes sense, to like throw Garrett Cole in that one wild card game, we'd have to hope for Garrett Cole in a wild card game. So I'm, I'm looking at it. No, and Garrett Cole is lined up for that game. Is Garrett he? Cole is starting tomorrow? Okay, so that I'm would perfect. line up. Perfectly for playing game one. I don't know if the Red Sox are lined up perfectly for sale to pitch that game, but I know Robbie Ray is scheduled to start on Thursday, which would potentially line him up for a Garrett Cole Robbie Ray matchup if those two somehow see each other. Yeah, that that'd be what I would personally want. Of course, Yankees Red Sox is a fantastic series or is a fantastic game. And MLB would just eat that up, <laughs> if that makes sense. Seattle just seems so lackluster. Like, who, like, Garrett Cole against Yusik Kuchi or Marco Gonzalez? Like, Marco Gonzalez is a really good pitcher, but I'd rather see you know, somebody Gilbert. else. Who? Logan Gilbert. Yeah, lo- actually, that would kind of be fun. Logan Gilbert would be up there throwing, tossing Ched against Garrett Cole who tosses Ched like yeah that that'd be a fun one for sure. So and then when you go down to to the NL East I I I pick the Braves at the beginning of the year so I think I'm going to have to stick with the Braves. However, Bryce Harper in the playoffs always fun and you know those teams that get in last 
I, I tend to hold close to you know my heart and say that they're the best team to win the World Series because they've had to play hard you know continuously as you know like other teams aren't playing as well you know if that makes sense like you get some off days and such like that and that's not always the case but like you look at a team like Milwaukee who's clinched and basically has two weeks to just kind of sit around and you know hopefully improve your your or your ranking in the postseason or maybe against another team I you know it, it just gets a little bit tough but you look at a team like the Cardinals, who are absolutely red hot right now, 17 wins in a row, which is absolutely insane. Um, that's a tough team to beat <laughs> going into the playoffs. So, I don't know. Just give me give me good playoff baseball. What's up? They're going to be in the same situation you just mentioned. They clinch tonight. They're probably going to give their guys an off day tomorrow um, and maybe even Thursday. And then go into the weekend, probably play Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday, give their, their guys could get three off days in the next uh, five or six days. I don't think they're going to let this winning streak, you know, hamper their ability down the road to rest guys. Just in my opinion. I, I mean, I understand setting up your rotation for a playoff game where, you know, whoever you want to, whoever you believe should be that guy. And if it's Adam Wainwright, go ahead and throw Adam Wainwright, like save him basically for that game. But the Cardinals are pure baseball, if that makes sense. Like they, that organization and that fan base wouldn't let, wouldn't allow them to lose to rest players, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. Uh, Wayno Wayno did throw tonight. He would be scheduled to throw Sunday, so it would be easy to push him back a day. Exactly. I would assume the Dodgers Cardinals in LA would probably be Tuesday. Um. So that that could be Wayno Day. Just give me a. Can you imagine Adam Wainwright against like Max Scherzer or against Clayton Kershaw? Like probably one of the oldest matchups in postseason history. Though I think that's that happened a couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. But yeah, you could probably go back to the olden days and find a a, a day where Satchel Paige or somebody like that who was super, super old started against another guy who was pretty old. I'm sure Randy Johnson started against Clemens when they were both in their late 30s. Like For a postseason, probably, ma- for a postseason matchup, though, like I think it was oh, actually yeah. – I feel like Rich Hill started a game last year against somebody in the, in the playoffs, and it was like, oh, that's kind of a weird matchup. Like it was too really – like I don't think it was Rich Hill against Bartolo Colon, but it, it was like – I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I know it happened recently, and everybody kind of made a big deal about it. But, yeah, as far as the postseason goes, just give me good baseball. Don't give me any blowouts. Give me good pitching matchups, and give me as little runs as possible, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's why you. That's why we cry about pitching every year as Angel fans, because you get into the postseason, you watch a ton of 2 nothing baseball games, 2-1 games, 3-2 games, and I don't, I don't know how many games the Angels have played where it's been that type of game. Angels are the best team in baseball in one-run games. Does that count for anything? Yes. They, uh, no, because most of their one-run games are 10-9 to 9 or 11-10, to 13-12. to 12. They're not playing too many 2-1 games, one nothing games. That's fair. That's fair. So, Nate, any final thoughts before we let everybody go? Just ready to get this offseason going. I think there's there's going to be a lot of moves to be made, and 
the Angels have a lot of opportunities to get better, and there's a lot of people calling for the Angels to get better. So they are definitely going to be one of the top three teams to watch this offseason. Yeah, I'm very intrigued to see again. I think we're probably going to end every podcast up until the offseason with this. I'm I'm excited to see what the Angels do this offseason and see, you know, what Perry and team has in store. I know we've already been talking about it off the record. You know, we'll take it on to the record eventually when we feel comfortable doing it. But, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to follow us, look us up on any social media at Talking Halos. You can email us at Halos at gmail.com. Go check out Derek's Rams podcast. All you have to do is look up Budding Heads, I believe. Go check that out if you're a Rams fan. Um, they do a great job there. And, guys, follow us on Twitter, uh, um, myself at Jared underscore Tims, Nate at Nate Green 34 He loves when people complain to him, so go do that. And, guys, have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.